That was really cool to see the, the, the children being dedicated this morning. And you're going to kind of see thematically my message kind of connect to, to this whole concept of what it means to be a child of God. Now, um, last week we had uh, Daylight Savings Time start. And so I don't know about you, it takes me a little bit of a week or so for my body, my body clock to kind of adjust to that change of losing one hour. But it's been much better uh, a week later. But also, the, the weather changing, it's becoming much warmer. So I know we do need rain, but this year we've had a lot of rain and a lot of snow. So it's kind of nice to have the sun, especially at the end of a work day, to be still out. And also the weather warming up. And matter of fact, uh, winter is actually coming to an end. In a few days, it's going to be the start of spring. And, and spring also has a special personal meaning to me. It's actually my birthday. My birthday is on the first day of spring, usually every year. And this year, I am actually officially eligible for Social Security benefits. <laughs> so that means, that means a terrible thing. That means I'm old. <laughs> so even though my body betrays me, there are times, actually many times, where my mind is very childlike. I'm like a little kid. I still remember at times like I'm a the kid that sits in the playground eating a popsicle in the hot summer's, summer's uh, temperatures. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife. <laughs> Often, I'm very childlike. I think things, I say things, I do things that are totally silly, totally irresponsible, and pretty stupid. But that's part of me. And I'm going to make a case here. It's okay to be a child because... God loves children. While we're in the midst of a series about the praying life, I'm going to make a case here that being childlike is actually very beneficial for our spiritual lives. And we're looking together what prayer is meant to be. And for some of us, this will be new teaching. But some, for some of us who, who've walked with Jesus for a long time, this may be a reminder of what prayer is supposed to be like. Now, many of us have a problem with prayer. And the problem is that all of us as Christians, we know that prayer is important. It is something that we should be doing. Yet, many of us feel prayer is hard, that it's boring, and worse yet, maybe it's just ineffective or a waste of time. Sadly, and this is, I think, I'm guilty of this too, sadly, many of us see prayer as a discipline versus it's actually a relationship, a relationship with our Heavenly Father who truly loves to spend time with us, and that's what prayer is. So are you like that? Can you identify with those words that I just said that you have now make it, made prayer a discipline versus a relationship? If you're there, then you will be able to hear my solution, my suggested solution to this problem to turn back the clock and pray like a child. So why pray like a child? Because we are all God's children. I have a picture here. This is my first birthday. Do we have it? There it is. That's me. That was my first birthday cake. And 
And like a child, I have cake all over my face. I have my hands in the cake. I have whipped cream all over my arms and on my face. I know the picture maybe faded a little bit, but that, believe me, that's what's happening there. And I show that picture is because even though I am many years away from that, and my birthday is coming next week, but my Heavenly Father, like all parents, looks at me and just re- I remind him of when I was just one years old. Parents are like that, right? When we think of our children, even if they're adults, we still think of them as the little babies that we brought into the world. And that's how our Heavenly Father looks at us. That if you look at the whole perspective of eternity, if we have made that commitment to follow Jesus, we'll be with God forever. And God has, is timeless. So when he looks at us, whether we're 1, 10, 40, 60, 80, we're still little children in his eyes, just like that picture represents. Another reason why I say that, that we should be childlike, Jesus says so. And if Jesus says so, it must be the truth. In Matthew 18, verses 1 to 5, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. In Matthew 18, it says in verse 1, At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. That last verse, you heard Pastor Andrew say that, or even Cecil said that during the child dedication. And that's important words for us, that Jesus emphasizes that children are very important, actually more important than being adult-like. The context of that passage there, the disciples who are adults are thinking they are the greatest. And they're actually asking Jesus, which one among them is even the greatest? And Jesus has to do a corrective here and tells them, none of you are the greatest. Actually, little children are. And if we take this literally, children in our, in our spiritual formation process, children, according to Jesus, are already in the kingdom of heaven. Profound. They don't need any conversion at all. Children are already in the kingdom of God. It's adults who have to be converted into the kingdom. The key to entering the kingdom of heaven is to be like a child. Verse 3, it says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn, convert, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The salvation is is being like a child. It's not being a sophisticated adult who knows it all. It is to be a child. Because being a child is, you have a certain humility, a humbleness that comes of our being a child. In verse 4, it says, Humble like a child makes you the greatest. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And the reason Jesus says this is because children know that they are helpless and they're vulnerable. We all know children. If you know children, they know in their relationship with their parents, they know their position. 
they know they don't have authority over their parents. Children naturally know that. It's only when you become a teen that that changes. <laughs> but as children, children know what authority figures are over them. And they know, they have just a natural understanding that they need other people's help. They are vulnerable. They need protection. And that is the nature of what it means to be a child. And Jesus is saying this is the same thing for us as adults. In the kingdom of God, he is looking for people who know they are helpless, that are vulnerable. Because in that mindset, that humble humility position, then you know you need God. Then you know you need Jesus. It is that is the key to entering into the kingdom of God. And if we are like children, as Jesus tells us, the scripture tells us we will have unhindered access to him. That's an amazing gift. Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15 says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. These two passages, Matthew 18, verses 1 to 5, and then uh, Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15, they're bookends about children. And Jesus is teaching his disciples and all of us that to be like children goes to the heart of who Jesus is. And according to, the, to Matthew 19, Jesus makes sure nothing blocks you from meeting him. That's verse, verse 14. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. That's an amazing thing that we have free access to God. Earlier, Caitlin led us in a song, The Reckless Love of God. And, and during that praise song, um, I didn't realize that was going to be in order, but I was, I was weeping. I was tearing up to know that God has his reckless love, that nothing will stop him from coming and reaching out to us. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 18 and Matthew 19, right there is a teaching, Jesus teaching about the lost sheep, that Jesus would not, he would leave the 99 to go after that one. He goes after the helpless and the vulnerable. And that is what, what it means to be a child, to know that fact, that nothing will block us from, from, from access to Jesus. And how this applies to prayer is exactly that, is that no matter what we think, no matter how we feel, how discouraged, hopeless, hurting we are, God will not allow anything to block access to him. A lot of you have seen um, the, the Academy Awards, right? They have that red carpet. It's exactly like that with God. God has a red carpet for us with the security guards holding back the crowds so that you can walk to him to have access to him and to have conversations with him through prayer. And according to Matthew 19, and when you do have those times with Jesus, your heavenly father, and as you as his child, Jesus loves to bless you in prayer. It says that in verse 13 and 15. 
verse 13, it says, children were brought to Jesus so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And then in verse 15, it's goes, it does says, Jesus goes ahead and just does that. He lays his hands on, on the children and he prays for them. That's an amazing thing to be blessed by Jesus. And that's what we have an opportunity to do when we go to, to Jesus in our, in our quiet times, in our prayer times. That Jesus wants to sit there with you. And you don't even have to say anything to him. It is an opportunity just to listen. And in those moments, God, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will bless you and pray for you. So take advantage of that kind of blessing. And matter of fact, as a church, we have prayer ministry. Right after our sermons time, there will be an opportunity to receive prayer. And we have prayer ministers who will pray for you in the name of Jesus. Just as the scripture says, to bless you and to walk alongside you. So take advantage of that. That's, that's a great gift that Jesus gives to us. So bringing it back to prayer. So how do we be like children? How do we overcome some of our, our inhibitions or our challenges to not pray? To pray like a child is, is my solution. And, and for some of us, we're reading a book by Paul E. Miller called uh, uh, Praying Life. It's a great book. It, it gives a different perspective on prayer. And if you're interested on a resource, I encourage you to pick up that book and read it. And based on, uh, on that book, I'm going to give three very practical tips of what it means to pray like a child, to be childlike. The first thing is to ask like a child. Now, we all know children. Children are, are shameless, and they're even brazen in their ways that they ask for things. I mean, if you recall when you were a child, you were like that. I know I was. You have no shame. You're never embarrassed. There's no inhibitions. You just ask. One of the things my, my children, when they were little, when they were growing up, my parents loved to feed them grapes. And, and uh, my father spoiled my kids. He would, use, he, he would take the gr- grapes and he would peel the skin off of them. Because that's probably a hard part to digest sometimes. But he would individually peel them and then give them to my children to eat. And, and you know, that's an amazing uh, gift and service my father did. But my kids would love them. And, and they would just say, more, more, more. And so my father would just keep peeling these grapes from them. But that's what children do. When they're getting something good, they'll just ask for more, more, more. And God is the same way. He loves to bless us. So if you have that childlike attitude, like Pastor Andrew said last week, just ask. Ask. God is ready to to answer you. Now, of course, God may not answer it the way you like, but ask away. Ask. Because there's an an analogy, right? Um, uh, Actually, my mother-in-law, who's passed away, but she used to tell me, there is no harm in asking. Because all they can say is no. So just ask. Now, someone's going to go play basketball later. In basketball terminology, a shot not taken is a shot not made. It means you have to shoot. You have to ask. Because if you don't ask, you never know what the answer may be. 
And God relishes that opportunity for you to spend time with him to ask. So don't worry if the ask or request is okay or appropriate or too selfish. Let God figure that out for you. Just do it. And you may not like the answer, but that's going to be a topic for another message. I think many of us get all worked up about what it is appropriate to bring up with God that we overthink it. God wants us to come to him in our messiness. That is when we are real to ourselves, genuine in our tent, because God already knows us in our hearts. Don't think you can fool God by some pretty words that you come up with in your prayer time. He already knows what's in your heart. So don't worry about it. So just be real, genuine. Just say whatever is burdening your heart, whatever is bothering you. No matter how terrible it may sound, God is there. And he already knows everything. He just wants you to spend time with him and share whatever you're going through. So the first thing is ask like a child. The second thing is to believe like a child. Children typically see their parents as heroes, right? Children know generally that if you're a decent parent, whatever they ask for, you're going to try to provide for, for them. So children intuitively understand that. The parents are pretty much going to help them out. They're defenseless. They're vulnerable. They need help. And that's the role of parents, these good parents, to, to care for their children like that. And so children know that instinctively, intuitively, and experiential-wise that parents generally deliver things that they need. And that is the attitude we can come to our Heavenly Father, to believe that He will deliver whatever we ask for. Last week, again, I said Pastor Andrew talked about the passage to ask, seek, knock. It's an encouragement to take that initiative to ask. Luke 11, verses 11 through 13 says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, meaning human earthly fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's an audacious thing to ask God of, that, that to, to ask things that, that we think are frivolous, but it's okay to ask. And I know in many of my messages, I've, I've often shared stories about fishing and asking God to give me fish, and there's fish. And there's those crazy stories when I'm at college football games and I ask for an interception for our team to win, and it happens. I know those are silly but here's, here, here's some, maybe an inspirational example. Uh, one thing our church is, is involved in, we're going to be doing it again this year, maybe I'll give a little preview, is that we're going to have an eye screening here in Oakland. And we're partnering with Regeneration Church on the other side of Lake Merritt. So we're going to have another eye screening uh, with this coming summer. But a couple years ago, uh, one of the vendors who was supposed to provide five phoropters. Phoropters is that, that device that, that has those lenses which comes, the optometrists use to check your, your vision. Uh, we, we need five of those. And the vendor that was supposed to give it to us all of a sudden reneged and said they could only give us two. So we needed three more. And so we had our board of directors, we had key leadership, our, my core team in eye screening, we, we prayed to God for three prompters. Big audacious ask. 
But again, we believed that God could deliver. And so um, Dr. Gilbert went up to Sacramento to one of our vendors, and he, he just by chance said, yeah, Calvin said, why don't we just ask? So he asked, do you happen to have three, any foropters sitting around in, in your warehouses? And, and the owner, the vendor, one of the vendors said, I don't know, I really haven't checked lately, but let me go see. And so he went into his warehouse, and he found exactly three foropters. That's amazing. And the more amazing part is, the vendor said, if you want them, just take them. And he said, just pay whatever you want to pay. Because these things are expensive. But the vendor said, go ahead and take them. We did eventually pay for them. But this is an amazing gift of God and the power of prayer. So whatever you want, don't, don't fret over it. Just ask. Because God loves to to answer prayer. And again, I always say, he may not answer it in the way you want, but oftentimes he does. And who knows until you do the asking. So the first thing to do is to, to ask like a child and believe like a child. And then the final one is to play like a child and even babble. You know, if you've... Actually, we had a, a request for the toddler room. And, and if you ever played with toddlers, it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, I, I've had kids, and I remember when they were toddlers, especially my son. He couldn't sit still. I mean, some of you as adults can't sit still either. <laughs> but when you look at toddlers, they're, they're playing from one thing to another. I remember my son, he would play with his Legos. And then he'd go run over and play with his cars. And then he'd go play over with his, his miniature kitchen. And then he'll combine all, everything. He'll take the little car and drive to the kitchen so that it's like a drive through And then he goes back to his Legos. So that's what kids do. It's just random play, spontaneous play, very impulsive, no order, no structure. And so what I'm trying to tell you here in our prayer life, you don't need to have structure. You don't have, have to have a pre-planned outline of what you're going to pray for. I mean, there, the ACTS model is fine. I'm, some of you are familiar with that. But you don't have to go with that every time. God loves randomness. Imagine, you're not the only one praying to him. There are millions of people praying to God, and he's keeping attention to all at the same time. So you think if your order is making any difference? I don't think so. So when you're, you know, speaking to God, just come as you are. And, and this is what I'm trying to, to, to help you understand. Like my group, my home group, we're studying uh, prayer. And one session we had is what it means to be like a child and praying. And, and, and actually the whole concept of prayer. And one of the members in, in, in my group said something very real. He said, you know, prayer is pretty, feels unnatural to me. It's, it's awkward. And, it, and in some uh, there is some truth to that because when we're talking about a spiritual uh, exercise, we're talking to a spiritual being. We're talking to God. God's not really often for many of us something we can, someone we can see. Most of the times we're dealing with logic, rational, tangible things. When we're looking at somebody, we can talk to them. But talking to God, which prayer is, is having a conversation with God, is a little different because there isn't a solid uh, person there. So that sometimes it is very unnatural. 
in our common, common experience. But I want to tell you that it's okay to feel that way. But part of the problem is we, we think that God wants to hear formal English language. He wants to hear sophisticated Christianese kind of talk. I already told you, God already knows everything. God just wants to spend time with you. He just wants to hear you in your natural state talk to him. I mean, wandering, unstructured uh, conversations is kind of often in a, a common experience in our daily life. I mean, have you ever had a conversation with Pastor On? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Recently, I was in, in Vegas with my college roommates. We were celebrating uh, my birthday and, and uh, another couple's uh, wedding anniversary. And we spent a lot of time at restaurants having lunch or dinner. And, but the, the main purpose of our meals was to have conversations. And when you have old college buddies, a lot of times all we're talking about is just all kinds of past memories, but also how our families are doing, what we're doing in our life. And the conversation doesn't really have any agenda. It just kind of weaves all over the place. But we're just hanging out, and we're just having these tangential conversations. And that's what prayer can be like with God, that God enjoys that time. Remember, prayer is not a discipline. It's a relationship. And to have a relationship means you have conversations, just like I had with my college roommates. We have conversations, and God wants those conversations. Even if they seem trivial, even if they seem uh, not that important to other people's minds, all God wants to do is spend time with you and be relational with you. And, and I, I, I make this point, too. In my notes, I said, be playful like children. Play like children, but even babble. What do we mean by that? If you, it's always kind of cute for me to see adults with little babies. You don't talk English with them. You, you speak this baby talk. You know, you goo goo gaga, right? I mean, so God, I'm saying here, God wants you to be, he wants to be with you. You are his children. And if he wants to goo goo gaga with you, that's fine. And if you want to babble talk with him, that's fine too. Because the scripture says here in Romans 8, verse 26, supports this principle and says, For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That means when you're in pain, when you're hurting, and all you can do is scream or cry or weep or moan, God understands. So you don't have to have a formal ACTS ready, ready at those moments. Just come as you are in your messiness with your face with whipped cream from the cake. And God loves you dearly to hear your groans and your moanings. I'm going to finish my message here with this story. Um, as I said, my home group is, is studying prayer. And uh, we're talking about what it means to pray like a child. And, and one, one of the members, a couple in our group, uh, Julie Lee, the, the wife, shared this story that, that, uh, 
that moment reminded her of what it means to be like a child. Now, as they were raising their son, Jeff, they had prayer time before bedtime. And a lot of us as parents, we do that. We have prayer time before we put the kids to bed. And so this one evening, Jeff, uh, Julie's son, uh, prayed this prayer. He said, Dear God, I pray that Daddy will become a Christian. Very simple. Very honest and to the point. Dear God, I pray that Daddy will become a Christian. And at this time, Jerry, who's Jeff's dad, Julie's husband, he was standing at the doorway in the, to the bedroom and listening to his son prayer. I pray, pray for him. And it broke his heart. It touched him. Jerry had heard hundreds of sermons. He had hear, heard many people share the gospel to him. But it didn't really make a dent. But when he heard his little son at bedtime with his hands together, head bowed, praying, Dear God, I pray that Daddy will become a Christian, that Jerry broke. And it was a year later, about a year following that, that Jerry became a Christian. So I share that story that it doesn't take sophisticated, fancy words. It doesn't take any major scripture, but just share what's on your heart. And there is power to pray like a child because according to Jesus, Being like a child is the key to the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father God, I I thank you for this time where we can learn about what it means to be a child and that we have a wonderful heavenly father above us who loves us as children. And I encourage us all to turn back the clock and to be able to pray like a child as Jesus encouraged us to do. You will be blessed by Jesus who has a special place in his heart for children. And may that be transformational and an opportunity to revitalize maybe a stagnant or worse yet, a non-existent prayer life. And I pray this in Jesus' name.